Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production, available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson On Demand. Ron Dugay started following me last night. How about that? How about that? How about that? These guys here, the guys with the full heads of hair, don't even know. What did you call me, Ron Dugui? Like, who is this Ron Dugui? This guy was Bon Jovi before there was Bon Jovi, okay? Good guy, Ron Dugay. He's coming up next week. This is the Rod Peterson Show. It is. Happy Thursday, everybody. It's a show for good guys and good gals. Yes. Welcome to Canada's daytime sports talk show. Coming at you with episode number 435 out of the bunker. Um, Full disclaimer, we are coming to you from Western Canada. We got another one, dupes. Okay. I had a guy in New York last night ask me to go on his show, and he wants to line it up for next week. He says, let's do it at five. He thinks we're in Toronto. Ah. The Eastern people? You people in the East? Just think everybody's in the East. Yes. You know what I mean? Should I tell them? We're in the Western part of the continent. Or I don't know why they think that. That's where everything originates from. <laughs> There's nothing that happens out here. <laughs> well, that's the truth. So I'll just roll with it. I'll just roll with it and go with Eastern time. Where does noon Eastern? Good afternoon to our friends uh, on the eastern part of uh, North America. We're going to be talking a lot of hockey today. We've got 13-year NHL veteran at current Columbus Blue Jackets scout, and I still think Sportsnet Flames analyst Rich Sutter joining us in hour one from sunny Lethbridge, Alberta. And in hour two, the Slapshot Sweethearts. And I got to tell you, these girls are taking the world by storm. Meg will be joining us. And Shannon, they are in Washington, D.C. and Los Angeles. And we'll be talking NHL with them. And they're very excited. And they represent the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network in America. So a lot of hockey talk. That's exciting. But we're not covering all hockey in the Quick Six show topics. Please hit it, Director Jordan, if you don't mind. Why do I feel like I'm not set and ready to go? We've been sitting here chewing the fat for half an hour, 40 minutes, but I'm not ready. My NHL leftovers from last night, they're very upset up in Edmonton. Did you notice? I've heard. I've been, I've been following. Uh, I switched it last night <clears throat> from the Oilers getting spanked by the Leafs. I flipped over to watch Canada's team, the Vegas Golden Knights, have their way with the Minnesota Wild last night. But I'd seen, I saw enough. I saw enough in the first two periods of the Oilers game. So here are my leftovers from last night. Hashtag free McDavid. 
And I say that tongue-in-cheek. I'm not saying trade Connor McDavid. But when are you guys going to figure this out in Edmonton? Like, this has got more ups and downs than a roller coaster at the West Edmonton Mall. I know. Right? Like, some teams are (laughs) steadily they suck. Some teams steadily they're good. And the Leafs are just up and down. Or the Oilers up and down and up and down. Like, come on, you guys. I can't handle... Can you imagine being an Oilers fan? I can't. Not like you Leafs fans don't have enough baggage of your own. We know what it's like. But just when you think they turned the corner, like they weren't even in those games with Toronto. They weren't even in them. And I got Oilers fans this morning saying, oh, free McDavid, you're losing credibility fast. Did you see the kid after the game last night? He just looks hopeless. And Dave Tippett said, very concerning. Very concerning what's going on with the Edmonton Oilers. And I just feel like it's like, in Edmonton, it's like your little brother. Not that I have one, but I've been a little brother. You can kick the crap out of him yourself, but if somebody else touches him, you're dead. Right? So in Edmonton, it's like, we can pick on the Oilers, but not you. I don't know where they go from here. I know. It's such a tough spot. And then uh, our buddy Jug texted us. He's like, here's their next schedule. Ottawa, 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 Calgary, 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 whatever it is. I'm like, oh, good. That's the cure. Let's just beat up on bad teams. Newsflash, that doesn't make you any better. So I didn't mean to get hung up on the orders here, but that was my first leftover. Unbelievable what's going on there. Uh, So Ovechkin, I did watch quite a bit of that Boston-Washington game. He spears Frederick, and he only got two minutes. And I got in a bit of an argument with a long time umpire here and referee notice how they're all the same yep officials he's like he was it wasn't a jabbing movement it was more of a, a whack and i'm like no it was a spear i got a pretty good idea what it is i've done it i've received it it was a spear should have probably been five this morning the nhl is fined ov five thousand dollars did you see that i did so he got what he deserved there and been going back and forth with some hockey coaches. Keith Cassidy watches our show every day, former coach of the Bruins. And he said, you know, in his day, Frederick would have been picking up his teeth if, if he'd cross-checked him like that. And somebody else said, well, Gordie Howe and Gretzky would have dealt with it their own way. No, Gordie would have broken Frederick's face. And Gretzky wouldn't have had to touch him because Semenko would have been coming like a freight train, wham, to take him down. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So Ovi, I guess, see what I'm talking about? Not being ready. Unbelievable. So Ovi speared him in the nuts. I guess that's how you take care of it. But my point is, you, I don't ever remember Gretzky sticking anybody. Do you, Phil? I don't ever remember Gretzky spearing anybody. Ever. Marty McSorley, different story. <laughs> Mike Bullard, right? But yeah. <clears throat> anyways. Didn't have to. Didn't have to because Wayne had people taking care of that for him. And it's funny, the other night that happened, in, not that, in Buffalo, when Dylan Cousins had to fight. And, so, and I saw that on social media. Like, he should never have had to fight his own fight. Would never have happened back in the day. No. So, so Obi's got to handle his own affairs by spearing a guy between the legs, pays five grand. He's looking at it going, speeding ticket, worth it. Right? Does he have points on his license? Yeah. Um, he is now a repeat offender if it happens again. <laughs> right. Hope Nathan McKinnon's okay. He got blindsided last night. Uh, Zdeno Char got his revenge. The Capitals went into Boston and won. And my last leftover is that I'm not getting sick of division-only play ever. And if you think that you're getting sick of watching these teams because I'm seeing a lot of people out east in the media saying that they're getting sick of this, then I suggest you check your fan card and your media card. And are you really a fan of this game? Because I'm starting to wonder. Uh, So it's Thursday. That means we should have our top uh, five for the NHL.com, right? With their Mm -hmm. power rankings. I don't know. I couldn't find it this morning. I was looking at NHL.com. I couldn't find their power rankings. So I came up with my own. Are you ready for these? I'm ready. The top five. Normally from NHL.com. Today it's from RP.com. The Toronto Maple Leafs. Whoa. They are running away with it. I don't care what John Scott says. They're way out front in the NHL. You can call this Canadian division a mirage if you want. That's not the Leafs' fault. You only beat who's in front of you, and they're beating everybody. The Leafs are the number one team in the NHL. Change my mind. Number two, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Number three, the Vegas Golden Knights, Canada's team. Number four, the Carolina Hurricanes. And number five, the Washington Capitals. Wow. Debate if you must. 
Moving on to the next point of the quick six, the RP.com bottom five in the National Hockey League. And most, a lot of this has to do with winning percentage, but it has a lot to do with trends as well. The worst team in the NHL, the Buffalo Sabres, who Alan May yesterday basically said on this show are as soft as baby food. The Buffalo Sabres. <laughs> Second worst team, the Ottawa Senators. The third worst team, the Anaheim Ducks. The fourth worst team, the Nashville Predators. And the fifth worst team, the Detroit Red Wings. So congratulations to fans of the wig and wheel. You're moving up the list further from the bottom of the worst in the NHL. A couple other things. The Yankees, uh, my fourth quick six show topic here. The Yankees beat the Blue Jays 4-1 last night. We didn't see it. We didn't hear it. And it was like it took to the 50th minute of SportsCenter to get to the Blue Jays highlights. What's happening? Are they just shrinking off the face of the earth? I don't know. It's 2021, and we can't get a damn Blue Jays broadcast. In, in a relationship, you call that the slow fade. Yes. You, know, you go from texting 10 times a day to couple to one to every second day to, to slowly, you know. It's, it feels like that's what Sportsnet's doing to the Jays, the slow fade, and eventually they're just going to drop them. Have the, has the Blue Jays even made a statement on what Sportsnet's doing to them? We're realizing now what marketing does. Like the the broadcasts are a free three hour commercial for you guys, and you don't even get that. I don't understand. It's spring training. It's the preseason. We should be able to watch and listen to the Blue Jays. It's not happening. But there's people above my pay grade that they can deal with it. Um, oh, the Raptors last night they lost one twenty nine one hundred five to the Detroit Pistons, but at least they showed up. And I saw they had Kyle Lowry playing and a few other guys that we know. But here's my question. I saw Leo Routon saying that when you're a bad team like the Pistons, your eyes light up when you are playing a team that's undermanned like the Raptors. Not the Toronto Raptors. Rod Black's calling them the Corona Raptors. <laughs> There's no CFL, but Rod Black's still making corny terms. The Corona Raptors. Is Dwayne Casey junk? I, I put so. that out there for debate. Well... The Raptors fire him and go on to win a championship. I'm not look, I'm a Dwayne Casey fan who's the NBA coach of the year. I get all that. His name's on the trophy. I'm just saying. Again, the Raptors fired him and they go on to win a championship. Clearly they knew something. And now he's coaching one of the worst teams in the NBA. Yeah, they beat the Raptors last night, but that was the Raptors G League team. So you're still on the Casey bandwagon? I'm okay, yeah. I like the guy. I think I'm still okay. I'm still on the bandwagon. I think he's a good coach. He's shown it. I mean, you don't win a Coach of the Year award by accident or by fluke. You wouldn't think. You wouldn't think. But we'll see. Can he turn the Detroit Pistons around? Here's hoping. Well, he's got a long ways to go is yeah, my point. Yeah, they're not close. By the way, this is the uh, warm-up for the Four Seasons Sports Palace. Come in and warm up at the Four Seasons. You're home for the NHL. And UFC. Was it 259 this Saturday night? I was talking to Georgie this morning, uh, the owner and operator over there. He's a Leaf fan. He says, we're celebrating now while we can. Mm-hmm. Is that true? You're celebrating now while you can? Yeah. Okay. Really? Um, we have then, to. And then my sixth point is, I'm calling up the poll here. This was just kind of came out of the blue in a way uh, – would you hire Mike Babcock as your NHL coach? If you own the team, an NHL team, would you hire Mike Babcock? Interesting results here. Early on for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center, no was running away with it. We've had this poll up for over an hour. But now it's on Twitter, 52% saying yes, they'd hire Mike Babcock as coach. 48% saying no. Now, remember, we're originating from the sweatpants capital, his home province, so there's a lot of Mike Babcock fans here. 70% on Facebook saying yes. Now, I would hire Mike Babcock. I've known the man 27 years. I have no problem voting yes with that. And the reason we're bringing it up is two reasons. One, he met with the Montreal Canadiens yesterday about that vacant head coaching job. And uh, two, I was watching him on NHL and NBC Just last night, he's doing a great job there. Clearly, he met with the Canadians by Zoom. But how are you answering that question? On my team, I'm hiring Mike Babcock. But how I'm answering it is it depends on the franchise. 
Okay. Because I understand the baggage and the media attention and the negative pub that's going to come along with Mike Babcock. So for me, it really depends on the market. It depends on the market. If you have a team that's had success and, you know, your franchise is in a good spot, I maybe go another direction. But if you're Buffalo, there's, you can't really go down. If you're Arizona, right. right? If you're a franchise like that, absolutely. Because there is a tremendous amount of upside with Mike Babcock. And we know he's a good man. We know he's a good coach. And if you're okay with taking that negative media attention, if you're already getting negative media attention, then go for it. Hire him. Lean into it. Lean into it. Take it on because there's a tremendous amount of upside. So on my team, I'm hiring him for the NHL franchises. It would depend franchise to franchise. Yeah. By the way, that's the thing. So I'm dealing with that guy, as I said, off the start of the show in New York City. And he thinks that we're in Eastern Canada. He thinks that we're in Toronto. And my thing is, should I... I th- here's how I'm just going to go with it. Let him believe what he wants to believe because they just say five o'clock. They don't even acknowledge the other time zones. That's what I found. There's other the, time zones. The Eastern <laughs> seaboard. Uh, but I'm not going to lean into it and be Johnny Toronto. That's the difference between just going with it and leaning into it. Right. There's a difference. DuPont terms. I see they're awake in Winnipeg today. James in uh, Borden, Manitoba says, big game tonight for the Jets. Jets can put some space between them and the Oilers. I got the preview here just for you. The Winnipeg Jets, 14-7-1, second in the North Division. Visit the Montreal Canadiens, 10-6-5 tonight, fourth in the North Division, 7 p.m. Eastern at Santa Rabelle. The bottom line, Mark Shifley and Winnipeg take on Montreal. Shifley sixth in the NHL with uh, 31 points, scoring 11 goals and 20 helpers. The Canadians are 10-6-5 against North Division teams. Montreal averages 10.8 penalty minutes per game, the third most in the NHL. That might be a problem. It might be. Ben Sherratt leads the team with 39 penalty minutes. Uh, injuries, uh, Canadians, Josh Anderson listed as day-to-day with a lower body injury. Not ruled in or out yet for tonight. The Jets, none listed. So 7 p.m. Eastern. Later on, we'll preview the Leafs and the Canucks. And also the Senators at the Flames. As the game goes, or as the show goes along today. Boy, we're covering a lot of ground today, aren't oh, we? Oh, yeah. I would like to turn it over to, to the uh, viewers here. Hang on. <clears throat> we can do viewer takeover early. The spot... For fantasy footballers, that's their account on YouTube. Did you see their comment? The spot for fantasy footballers. They said, this is such a good show. I would agree. (laughs) Yeah, you think? Smart person. On to something. Yeah. Well, I was on a podcast last night with a young gentleman, Jordan the Stove Stover, interviewing me. And he said, why do you think the show has been so popular? And I said, uh... I really don't know. I think the biggest reason is because the viewers can watch and converse with the people coming out of the screen. 435 shows in, it's still mind-blowing that you can do that, right? Interactive TV, as Paul calls it, downstairs, the infamous Paul. Donald Mitchell, our Navy friend, watching, he says, 3 a.m. in the morning here in Manama. My roommate is a Canadians fan. I may get up early to watch it. Yeah, Habs, Jets, big game tonight. And just before we break and bring in the Slapshot Sweethearts, did I hear a rumor right, Clark, that we had a comment from Norway? Can we get it up here from Trent in Norway watching today where it's currently 6.11 p.m. Norway calling the Raptors gave it the old college try with Corona, (laughs) but a loss is still a loss. Wake up, Sportsnet, and broadcast the Jays. Class move by the Saskatchewan Rush to get Dr. Shahab a Rush jersey. Stay well, everyone. Same to you, Trent, in Norway. Yeah, the local NLL team did a jersey up for our top doctor, Dr. Shahab, and presented him with it yesterday very safely and socially distanced. So I saw that. Yeah. So, again, this has been the warm-up. We got the slap shot, sweethearts. There's Rich next. Oh, yeah, Rich is next. Well, he's still a sweetheart. <laughs> he's a slap shot sweetheart. He's a eh? slap shot sweetheart. Are you kidding me? Rich Sutter coming in next to talk all things NHL and uh, junior hockey, if he's so inclined. You're watching the RP Show on Game Plus TV Network across all 10 provinces and 31 states. Live daily on YouTube and Facebook and 24-hour sports talk for Suds Full Service Car Wash at rodpeterson.com. Listen live. 
Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Support for the Rod Peterson Show is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Dupes, have I told you about Manscaped? (laughs) You've started to. I've had it for a week. Let me tell you, we've been doing it wrong. We have. Yeah, ask me why. Yeah, why? Because (laughs) I don't know where to start. I used to have to use two razors. Did I tell you that? I was doing an acrobatic act over the toilet and the sink. I had a big hair trimmer. I had a face shaver. None of those were made for below-the-waist grooming. That's a safety hazard. (sighs) Don't tell anybody, but I don't have to worry about it anymore because the Lawnmower 3.0 is specifically designed for men's below-the-waist grooming. And your introductory package comes with a pair of boxer briefs, which I gave to you. Yes, not worn, I hope. (laughs) (laughs) No, I pulled them out of the package. When you order yours, you'll get a pair of underwear. This was a large, didn't fit me, so I gave them to you. You're welcome. Thank you. And it also (laughs) comes with anti-chafing lotion. Where has this been all our lives? I know. So I used to get those nicky things. You must have too. (laughs) Nick yourself. Yes. And you're bleeding. Doesn't happen. Because the Lawnmower 3.0 comes with a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. Man, Manscaped <laughs> calls them. So, what more do you want to know? When you, when you use the Lawnmower 3.0, you use the anti shaving cream, you leave the house feeling like you've just left a spa. The chafing, that's the worst, right? Rubbing between the legs. Anti-chafing lotion, 20% off with the promo code FANSIDED20. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code FANSIDED20. Hey, honey, can you get one of the kids to show me how this Twitter thing works? Honey, I need to get on Instagram. Time for more of the Rod Peterson Show. Welcome back, everybody. Guy's telling me that Rich Sutter is just logging in right now. Uh, and while he does, a couple things. Robin Wildey watching with the breaking news. He says, Braden Schneider has signed an entry-level deal with the New York Rangers. And then it just slid off the screen. He's a PA kid, captain of the Brandon Weeking, signed with the Rangers today. Chris Bird watching in Toronto says, 27 years ago, John Candy passed away. R.I.P. John. Best Argos owner ever. So 1994, you'd have been seven years old-ish, six, seven years. Do you even remember? Like I, that, that, I do, but... I could tell John Candy stories until, until the cows come home. And you tell me when Rich is ready, but I was doing sidelines for Rough Riders radio broadcast when he was the owner of the Argos. He traveled with the team. John Candy! I never get tired of talking about it because it was so amazing. And it was 1991. We didn't have a cell phone that takes selfies. Can you imagine me now? Right? Hey, John. Hey. Right? But the guy was the size of a Coke machine. One of the biggest human beings I've ever been around. And I mean square. You know what I mean? Like tall but thick. And this was just coming out of planes, trains, and automobiles. And Uncle Buck and Great Outdoors and all those summer rental, all those shows. And then, boom, heart blows up. I know. That was like a day of mourning. So, so, yeah, 27 years ago today. Thank you, Chris Bird, for reminding me. And uh, the Argos are really leaning into the John Candy ownership. Have you noticed that on their social media? Why not? Why wouldn't you? Yeah. Why, why wouldn't, wouldn't you? you? Uh, so I'll get to more of the viewer comments. The funny thing about the viewers is they give us great show topics. And, for instance, so the, the guy was mentioning Braden Schneider signed with the Rangers today. Let's bring in Rich Sutter now. I didn't know where, where to start with you, Richie, out in Lethbridge, but I do now. How do you feel about wow. the underage American hockey leaguers being sent back to junior? Because as you saw, Kelly McCrimmon in Vegas says he's not in favor of it this year, yet they're going to comply to the CHL-NHL transfer agreement. Would you prefer the underage guys just stayed in the American League because a lot of them are having such great success? Well, first of all, I laugh at that comment because it's easier for Kelly to say that now because he's no longer a junior hockey owner. Of course. And I'll tell you one thing, if, if he was still in the Brian Wayne Kings, he'd be bitching left, right, and center that those players need to go back to junior. So um, that's typical, um, typical Kelly to, to respond like that. It's his responsibility as a GM of an NHL team to feel that way. But look, that's those are the rules. And that's, quite frankly, uh, 
that's the way it, that's the way it should be and that's the way it is and uh, i think that you you uh you tell any other uh, any coach or gm or owner of the western hockey league or king hockey league team that that player is not coming back what do you think they're going to say all of a sudden the rules have changed so i think it's a it's the right thing um look <clears throat> these players will come back and they'll play a ton they're going to play 25 30 minutes a night they're getting 12 13 minutes a night in pro um I think this is a is it's a really neat experience for them to come back and and let them enjoy people within their peer group and age group uh, for at least a couple months. Yeah, well, before Krim gets mad because they're all watching down there every day, I'm paraphrasing. He said just this year he would prefer to keep Peyton Krebs and Henderson because he's a point of game. He's done enough quarantine time. He said normally yes. But not this year. That was that was his point. If that changes anything, but Craig Button also came on here and said, if he was those underage players, I wouldn't report to junior. I'd rent some ice in Vegas or Henderson or somewhere and just skate together because he thinks that the, they'd be down in the dumps having to come play. For instance, in the hub bubble. Obviously, you don't agree with that either. Well, you know, I, I, I think. I mean, we'd all like to do some things that we prefer to do and, and, and go outside the box. And if that, that's not a bad idea to do. But again, um, you know, these things are, are in place. Like I said, it's all about the Can Hockey League and, and getting these. Look, these kids are coming back better players, no doubt. They're going to play more than they played in pro. And the thing I think it's good about it is that they're going to help the other younger players around them that are going to be draft picks or, or aspiring draft picks. Uh, to, and they will give them some mentorship and leadership about what it's like to prepare and be better players on a day-to-day basis. And I think it's a win-win uh, for everybody involved uh, coming back to junior. I think it's important for these younger players to to learn from these guys that have been away and, and have got some um, – great experience and and i think at the end of the day i think everybody wins in the end so um it's look it's only two or three months so uh these guys could probably end up going back playing pro in in two or three months time anyway so um they'll still get their get their uh get their time and 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 be able to go back and finish the year pro sure so richie the hockey fans are weighing in uh dallas federchuk he's a wheat king scout he says i agree with rich minus his take on my main man, Kelly. It's called development. A guy named Dar Netzel watching on YouTube says, would the leadership of the players coming back elevate each club? And that's what I'll get you to talk about next. But a few others just regarding John Candy dying today, 27 years ago. Ryan McCarthy is watching in Albany, New York. He says, should I line up to get my Gretzky Argos jersey? Why not? That'll look pretty cool. Uh, Young viewer in Vancouver, Habs for life says, wow, I didn't know John Candy owned a CFL team. So cool. So, yeah, that's one thing we're recognizing today, Rich. But I guess you're you're selling me on it. Initially, I was on Kelly's side, but having those older guys with these dub teams is going to help the young guys, right? Well, I think it's I think it's really important to have those guys back and, like I said, provide experience, provide um, mentorship, provide leadership, uh, I think it's only going to enhance these younger players um, to come to the rink on a day-to-day basis. Look, junior hockey is, is a huge learning curve for for everybody, for players that are uh, fortunate to move on and be pro players, Rod, uh, players that are uh, able to move on and, and, and uh, get their scholarships, get their education with CIS hockey. Uh, I, I think at the end of the day, you know, the biggest thing about junior hockey is 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 is, is growing up and, and learning and life's values and, and skills and 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 to be successful in life, you you have to learn to do things with great habits and you have to have them, you know, honestly, on an everyday basis. And and in junior hockey, uh, that is one huge thing that players have trouble learning. And and, and even at the pro level, players are still a lot of pro players that have trouble understanding that it's not a two or three day a week thing. It's an every day of the week thing. And if these kids are learning these experiences uh, in places like Henderson and Ontario and uh, Bakersfield or wherever they're at playing right now, they're bringing those types of experiences back uh, to junior hockey to help these younger players in their peer group um, become 
uh, not just better players, but better people in other places in life. And I think it's huge. I think it's a huge curve for them. It's a huge opportunity for them to come back and be great leaders. And like I said, it's only going to be for two or three months. And these guys will be back playing pro probably by the end of the year anyways. I see they're kicking around on uh, the NHL insider trading if they should move the draft back or so forth. Where are you on that? Because we're playing a 24-game slate in the dub. Uh, the USAHL is going, as you see, and the NA, as they call it. I don't see a reason to move the draft back, especially after we get these 24 games in. But where where are you on this? Well, I think first and foremost, <clears throat> the Canadian Hockey League, especially the Western League at this point, and the Quebec League is going in. We're waiting on the Ontario Hockey League. The first and foremost, Rod, the most important thing is if you ask an owner or a, a, a person running a junior hockey team, what's going on today with these kids that are playing it, their mental health and their mental wellness is is so huge. It's so important for them at this stage in their lives to have that back. Uh, and that's, I think, first and foremost, the number one thing that they're accomplishing with this. Then becomes the draft and, and, and uh, everything that goes along with it. Is 24 games enough to value or, um, I guess, evaluate a player in terms of where you think he might be in a draft situation is probably too short. Uh, I think that's the reason why NHL teams are pushing for the draft to be moved back maybe to, to December. Um, it does provide or it does create a bit of a problem with the older players and 19, 20-year-olds because now where do they go in the meantime? What happens to them? So... There's pros and cons to both. Uh, I'm glad I'm not the one having to make that decision. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding. Hey, I guess just to wind it up on an NHL note, which game or games were you watching last night? Uh, I watched a little bit of the LA game. I watched a little bit of the Anaheim game, and I watched uh, a little bit of Arizona with the LA, I guess. And then at the end of the night, um, most importantly, uh, Colorado, San Jose. It's it's funny. Every night I, I look at my schedule and I feel what what are the games that I feel most important to watch tonight? Uh, if I'm not at them, um, what what players or pieces or how a team is playing at this stage that's not our team? How, uh, what's going on in their groups um, or what you feel is going on? And you and then you trying to you know just kind of zone in on that for the night. Last night was three games, so it was a late night. Yeah, well, no, I'm calling up the standings here as I look at this because I saw Arizona won and they've won four in a row on the road. They haven't done that for years. Uh, they're two points behind Minnesota for a playoff spot in the West Division. So let's just talk about the Desert Dogs for a minute, do you think? Do you think the Coyotes are going to get into the playoffs? No, Rod, that's a great question. They're, they're a funny team. Uh, they seem to play better on the road than they do at home. Uh, they have fans in their building at home. Um, look, selfishly, uh, I hope they do. Um, real good friends that are involved in that hockey club there. Uh, so it'd be really nice to see them get in. Talk it? Yes. <laughs> That's what I him. thought. Yeah, starting with Rick Talk. Oh, those guys have been through so much there. It would be nice with what they're doing. They've They've battled. Clark's got a question for you. Can you ask Rich about Max Domi and his fit with the Blue Jackets? A lot of talk about Line A and Roslevic. Not so much about Max. Uh, Max has not had the start that we'd hoped, to be honest with you. Uh, um, <clears throat> why? That's a great question. That's, that's, a, that's something that we're trying to figure out as we move along here. Uh, he struggled at center. Um, we moved him back to the wing, and I think that's where he that where that is where he needs to be. Uh, <clears throat> we need to get him going. He needs to start providing some spark and energy for us. He needs to start scoring for us. To be quite honestly, a little bit more than he has been. Uh, but again, at the end of the day, he's pressing, uh, trying to do too much. Uh, like some of our other players, the group is there. Uh, the, the ability is there. It's got nothing to do with coaching, I'll tell you that. It's got everything to do with uh, guys need to quit fighting the pucks, quit pressing, and 
being more relaxed, just go out and play. And at the end of the day, when you do that, I think you execute better. When you press and uh, you feel like everything has to happen all at once, uh, that's when mistakes are made and your execution is not there. And quite frankly, that's, that is to me has been the root of our problem. Uh, and I think that if we can just go out and play and have some fun, which is, which is what quite frankly, our coach has been trying to get our guys to do for about the last five, six games. So, uh, we've lost some, uh, too many, quite frankly, so it's time to start winning. Interesting. Well, a wonderful hockey uh, visit here. Rich, thanks for catching up. Keep in touch, and we'll talk soon. You bet, Rod. Take care. Hope the weather's great out in Regina. Springtime. Not bad. Glad you made it back for that 14-mile trek in the mountains. How was that, by the way? It was awesome. We uh, got a guide hired. We're going back out again tomorrow. Oh, good for you. Well, stay safe, and I'll join you on one of these. I promise. Thanks, Richie. Okay, you bet. Take care. Uh, the great Rich Sutter joining us from Lethbridge, where it is gorgeous out there. Spring has sprung. And our visits with Rich Sutter are brought to you by Great Western and the new Great Western Ultra. I don't have a liner on that one. Can I say just 80 calories and the same great taste? Great Western Ultra. We'll be back with a sports update and a curling report. And viewer takeover. So hang on. It's the RP show on Game Plus TV, YouTube and Facebook Live, and Listen Live. 24-hour sports talk at rodpeterson.com. Listen live. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Did you know you can catch all the best moments from the show on all our social media platforms? Now, back to the studio with Rob. Welcome back, everybody. We got uh, a lot of things going on here today. I'm going to get to a sports update in a moment. Oiler fans, let's hear from you. If you've got something to say, there's lots of uh, comments coming in. Gary Lincoln in Winnipeg says, Shaq on AEW Wrestling last night, sent through two tables by Cody Rhodes. <laughs> we all saw it, didn't we? I, I didn't know until yesterday. I was yesterday years old when I learned that Shaq was going to get into pro wrestling. I would hope you all saw it on social media or on the highlights. And he, Shaq was not in the ring. You saw this, right? He yeah. was standing on the apron of the ring, and Cody Rhodes came after him, and he went, whack! Right over a table. But by the way, he appeared to be fine. Like, I thought he was going to be hurt. Did he, you see that? He falls off the TNT set on a weekly basis. Shaq yeah. does. So this is nothing. So that was cool. Troy Colmer is watching on Facebook, and he says, bingo, regarding Richie's comment. Now it just slipped off the wall, and I have to. F oh, darn it. <laughs> he had a comment about mental health of the players. I'd have to go dig through here and there find it. Bingo, great insight on the mental health of these kids. Huge issue these days, and we need to keep that in mind when making decisions around teenagers. I agree with you, but I'm not sure how much the mental health of the players necessarily is taken into account. And frankly, I was just on a podcast the other day, Tackle It Football out of New Westminster, where they talked about that. Is the onus on the team to look after the player's mental health, or is the onus on the player to look after the player's mental health? The lady that was hosting it, Katie, said to me, do you think coaches should have it part of their certification to deal with mental health? And I said, no. Would that surprise you? Coaches no. are there to coach and develop the players on the field. They don't have time. I'm sorry. A lot of them are volunteering because they've got eight 40-hour work week jobs as it is. They, they are not trained mental health professionals. They are coaching professionals. I think it's up to the players to look after and address their own mental health. And that starts by telling somebody if they are struggling. You, and I'm not saying I'm right. How do you feel about that? Do you think the teams are responsible for the players' mental health? No, but I think, you know, assessing mental health is a big part of coaching, right? Knowing what buttons to push, what buttons not to push. Some kids, it's okay to push harder than others. Um, but, yeah, it's a tough question because it does become the player's issue Players do need to be open about talking about it and being upfront about it, too. Yeah. Tough one. Tough one. But at least we're talking about it. That's yes. key. Jordan Wayne, viewer, says it's a combination of both. 
Self-awareness is important. Yeah. But, hey, let's talk sports. Derek Smith says, not sure why everyone thinks the Oilers should be good. They have no depth. I know. I said it at the start of the year. You can't have two guys and 18 other guys. That's what they have. That's right. And that's the way that they're playing. And I'll just say one more. Zach in Calgary says, uh, I have a question for Rod. Do you like the Chris Cuthbert, Craig Simpson broadcast team? I do, and here's why. I watched the order game last night, and I'm just like, Cuthbert, so good. <laughs> it's so many things. This reminds you of being a kid. His calls are great. He doesn't say the same thing twice. He's just awesome. And Craig Simpson, I love him. I loved him as an oiler. I love, we uh, were with him at the Heritage Classic. He was great to my wife. She met him for the first time. Craig Simpson is just a first-class guy. But on Hockey Night in Canada, they told you my wife's out of town, right? Dave, I'm watching Hockey Night in Canada. Dave Lederhouse wrote me. One of my oldest friends. My first ever hockey color guy. Second. He goes, where's Jim Houston? They fire him too? I'm like, I don't know where Jim Houston is. And I'm not going to put on Twitter, where's Jim Houston? I know. He's, Do you people want to tell me where Jim Houston is? Because I don't know. He's in Vancouver. He's at home. He's, not, he's not traveling. Uh, he won't travel out of the pandemic. So he's basically not doing anything. And There you go. You know, I don't know if he's done Canucks games or not or if he will. I like Jim Houston and Craig Simpson a little bit better than Cuthbert and Simpson, just on the duo. But I, like, so do I. I love listening to Craig to Chris Cuthbert call a game too, though. Of any sport. That's, he yeah. could call a checkers game and it'd be great. Absolutely. Dwight Ferris is watching on Facebook. He says, I'd like to rip the orders apart, but I'm a Flames fan and can't talk right now. Well, that does, hasn't stopped a lot of Flames fans from ripping the orders. Like, that is so Calgary. But good for you for not doing that. Sports update, by the way. Jimmy Vesey scored twice to snap a long goal drought, and Frederick Anderson made 26 saves in his return from injury as the Orders thumped. Sorry, the Leafs thumped the Orders 6-1. I'm not done with that game yet, by the way. We're going to come back, okay? Jonathan Marcheseau. His goal in the second period was the winner. Marc-Andre Fleury made 36 saves, and the Vegas Golden Knights, Canada's team, beat the Minnesota Wild 5-1. Jordan Bennington made 27 saves, and the St. Louis Blues scored on all three of their power plays in a 3-2 victory over the skidding Anaheim Ducks. Listen up for this. Andrew D'Agostini stopped 31 shots as the Toronto Marlies doubled up the Manitoba Boos 4-2 in the American Hockey League. Justin Brazeau, Tyler Gaudette, Callie Kosila, and Callie Rosen supplied for the offense for the Marlies. Go figure. What are the chances of one hockey team has two guys named Callie? Yeah, was there a single Canadian in the scoring sheet there? I know. Well, Godet would be, I would think. I would guess so. Uh, Hayden Shaw and CJ Dr. Seuss had goals for the Moose. His name is CJ Seuss, and it's spelled exactly like Dr. Seuss. Do you think his nickname's Doc? It has to be. In the locker room? It has to be. Mikhail Burdain turned away 21 of 24 shots for the Manitoba Moose. Wayne Ellington scored 25 points, and the Detroit Pistons beat the virus-depleted Raptors 129-105. Norman Powell had 36 points, Kyle Lowry 21. Gary Sanchez hit the first of three home runs for New York, and the Yankees beat the Blue Jays 4-1 Wednesday to hand Toronto its first loss of spring training. Derek Dietrich and Robinson Carinos also went deep for the Yankees, who are 3-1 in grapefruit play. Lefty Nick Elgeyer took the loss for the Blue Jays after getting roughed up for three earned runs in an inning of work. This sports update for Ballers, Rec Room, Saskatchewan's newest entertainment destination. Visit them in the heart of the Dudney Strip. And for Red Bull Canada, Red Bull gives you wings. We'll come back with all of your comments, not the least of which is what Neon Leon had to say last night when he was very pissy at the media after the game, right? Does oh, yeah. it hurt more, Leon? What was the question? Did, do you remember? Does it hurt more that you guys sucked, basically? Yeah. He's like, no, we love it. We love it when we don't score any points. We love it. It was great. Just a like, question. Like, literally, it's just a question. Like, <laughs> meow. 
We'll talk about that. Oilers, Flames, Jets playing tonight in Montreal. Lots on the table when we come back. It is Canada's daytime sports talk show, and we'll be right back. The RP Show airing on Game Plus TV Network, YouTube and Facebook Live, and 24-hour sports talk for Suds Full Service Car Wash at rodpeterson.com slash listen live. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Test your opinions now. We won't victimize you unless you really deserve it. Now, back to your host, Rod Peterson. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Just ahead of viewer takeover, and we got lots of time for you. I'm going to get into the curling report. Calgary's curling bubble has a new set of inhabitants. As the 2021 Tim Hortons Briar, presented by AGI, kicks off tomorrow at Windsport Arena in Calgary. The Briar will open with an 8.30 p.m. Eastern draw featuring defending champions Team Canada, skipped by Brad Gushu, taking on Ontario's John Epping of Toronto. Gushu, backed up by vice skip Mark Nichols, second Brett Gallant, lead Jeff Walker, alternate Ryan McNeil, Lambswood, and coach Jules Auker will be attempting to become just the second team in Briar history to win back-to-back titles on two occasions. The only other team to pull it off were the legendary Richardson, skipped by Ernie Richardson. The Saskatchewan team won Briar titles in 1959 and 1960, and then back-to-back again in 61 and 62. Team Gushu won in 2017 and 2018 and is trying to repeat their victory from last year in Kingston, Ontario. But one other team has history in its sights as Team Wildcard number 2's Kevin Cooey is looking to win his fifth Tim Hortons Briar as a skip, which would give him sole possession of a record he shares currently with Richardson, Randy Furby, and Kevin Martin. Gushu, meanwhile, would uh, join that elite club with a victory in Calgary. As was the case with the recently completed Scotties, the Tim Hortons Briar will be played in a strictly enforced no-fans bubble. The winning team will return to the bubble in Calgary to wear Canadian colors at the World Men's Curling Championship, which is April 2nd to the 11th. uh, 11th. Additionally, the Tim Hortons Briar champions qualify for the curling trials Next November in Saskatoon, where Canada's four-player men's and women's teams for the 2022 Winter Olympics will be decided. That's your curling report for Verge Agriculture. Helping farmers plan and optimize their operations across every field, visit urgeag.com to learn more today. We have an Oilers fan in the attendance here. It's Phil our good friend in from Saskatoon, and he seems he's smiling more than you would think for an Oilers fan today because it's pretty boiling up there today and you I don't know if you saw the comments from Neon Leon you've heard about them where he was so snarky with the media after last night's game and you said Connor I didn't see the comment from Connor after the second loss to the Leafs I'm trying to find it too he wasn't too happy either I don't have to I don't want to guess on what the quote was I can't find it on social media but if somebody else can find what he said after the second loss it was along the lines of we're not good enough you know the team's not good enough right now and you know, he didn't have words either, and, and he was answering questions from a lot of credible media. Ryan Rashog, one of them, and he just didn't want to go down the road of, he's like, I don't know what I can say here, you know. I don't know what to say. And he was kind of lost for words, and he was trying to be really careful about his words because he's frustrated. They're really, really frustrated. Him and, him and Leon, you know, were held in check and, and really off the score sheet. In three games, well, it's tough. You know, I don't know. Obviously, we had Dustin Nielsen on here yesterday, and he has Oilers talk every day for hours, and then Jason Greger does, and and low tide in the middle, all on the same station. Just from looking from the outside in, it's not like we have any answers to what's going on at Edmonton, but come on. What is it a sign of when you're streaky like Edmonton and that you can only beat good teams and you could win four or five in a row against crappy teams, but you go up against the Leafs. It was supposed to be a measuring stick and you completely get run out of the rink in your own building. What is that a sign of? I don't don't know the answer to that other than immaturity. But they've been around long enough. Mike Smith's not young in goal. They're not that young. They got schooled by Chicago in the play-in round last year and it was embarrassing. I think that's why Dave Tippett looked so frustrated after the game last night because what's the answer? Guys, I, they are good enough. The Flames are good enough. But these teams aren't playing like it. What the hell is it going to take? It seems like it's a lack of like the solid foundation. And not that Leon and 
Connor aren't the foundation of the Oilers, but you look at what the good teams do. Like they've got this solid foundation, the bottom six where you can just yeah. roll those guys, the defense that you can just lean on. And when the good guys are rolling, you do really well. But when they're not rolling, you still have some sustainability. We only got 20 seconds left here, but I just look at Vegas. They never take their eye off the ball. Never. And that's why I'm a fan of theirs. But anyways, we'll talk more of this next hour. Talk about tonight's games and the slap shot. Sweetheart's coming up. Stick around after this break, everybody, on Game Plus TV. For more Rod Peterson on demand, visit rodpeterson.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. 